0: You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series, it's Indicates for the A-List Online and my name is Andrew McKay-Smith, thanks so much for tuning in. The interview subject I have coming up for you is from Perth, Western Australia, another killer artist from out west. His name is Matthew Verica, now Matthew, I'm sure you're listening and if I've mispronounced your surname, I sincerely apologise for that. But look, Matthew is one of the most outstanding up-and-coming electro artists in this country, Australia. Definitely one to watch out for. The catalyst for the conversation is his collaboration with Marksman Lloyd on the cut Coppola. Marksman Lloyd, to the train spotters out there, will be familiar because I interviewed him many years back when I was hosting a radio show for 4 Z. Anywho, here he is, Matthew Verica. The sound pad there to your right, is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, I've got the Ableton
1: Push here. And I don't know if you can see this, but that's my dad's Korg, um, Korg M1. It's just here. Sweet. Um, yeah, I've got a bunch of like a few guitars around here and Anton or two. But yeah, I like my technology. Hmm. That's the engine yeah, room from the looks of things where you are now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is where all the magic happens. Doing my recording in here too. That's big, mad.
0: That's, that's what I love about 2020. Um, I'm, I'm 42. I've been a musician most of my life, certainly, you know, yeah. mid-teenage years up to now. And it was only 15 years ago that I had to go to all sorts of places and go to a studio to get things yeah, done wow. because all of the equipment was in there. And if you tried to do things at home on Audacity, which is the big one, it sounded like shit. But <laughs> your, your music, for example, is a – actually, I'll pay you a big compliment. I was listening to it, and I, I knew you were a fellow that did things at home and the like. But I, I don't think I've heard better production than on Coppola than at any other from any other artist this year. What what you've managed to do here? I don't know whether it's the way that you've mixed it or potentially the way that you've gone about the mastering process. But we mm-hmm. both got Air- AirPods in. From the looks of things, that's how yeah. I tend to listen to everything with my AirPods on, and I just leave the phone and walk around and stuff. But man, yeah, exactly. you've got that—you've got a sweet balance with what you've got on that song thank you thank you very much
1: yeah So, what's the the mixing process for me because i did all the i don't know just like constant overthinking and being um an overthinking perfectionist and that's just driven me to you know think oh is this good enough no no let's tweak it like a little bit more like that's just that's the way my brain works. And I think that's, I can use that to be like a positive. Do you, do you yeah, have I think a think that's my secret. It's just overthink everything until you get to a point. Sorry, you go.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, do, do you have a mate who owns a nightclub or a warehouse and you can bring in some 15s or 18 inch speakers and just crank it and listen to it that way? <laughs> no, no, but I need to
1: find a mate like that in Perth. I think that would be very, very cool. You know, that would be a very, very cool thing to do to test my mixes. But, mm. um, yeah, I played this song at um, Jack Rabbit Slims in, um, here in Perth like a like a few weeks ago, and that was like on some club systems, and it sounded really, really nice. Like I hadn't heard okay. it that loud before.
0: Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Then being a perfectionist, would you have changed anything about the way you recorded it and mixed it after you heard it that loud? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah 100 <100%. laughs> percent. yeah oh uh, um yes and no like um the the club speakers are quite basic to begin with so that threw out my ears a little bit but um yeah i i think i'm happy like i'm i've got to a point where
0: i'm happy to say like that's a that's at a good level it sounds like you're at the beginning of your journey with this stuff so i can't wait to see where you end up on the long haul, because as I say that the it's the the word is balance. I just feel like you with your recordings, because I've listened to your other stuff like uh, Can You? I think is the other song mm. I found on Apple Music. Yeah, and you've just got you, you and there's a, a lads from Sydney called Lamalo. La Marlo. yeah, they do similar stuff yeah. to you, and you have both have you've just nailed it, got that that right balance, particularly with Can You, where you've got that wonderful female vocal, just drifting. Just drifting across the cut so mm. man whatever it is that you're doing man just just keep performing oh, yeah i will don't worry <laughs> and yeah that's really that's a really big compliment thank you very much so with um capola you. you know it's it's yeah. a slice of of killer electro house and for me it's perfect for late night drives in this godforsaken heat and humidity we're getting in queensland at the moment but um yeah. i guess i'm interested I guess I'm interested about the uh, the song title. So, is it a reference yeah. to God knows how many Capolas there are? But off the top of my head, there's Gia, Francis, Nick Cage is a Capola. Everybody forgets oh, he's yeah. a Capola, but he is. That's true. And and Sophia, who is probably my favorite, actually. Um, from the, I do like her movies and what she does. I don't like The Godfather Three. I've got to say she couldn't have she didn't have to be in that, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but look, yeah, are you are you a movie buff? Is that where the the song title comes from? Um, it does come from Francis um,
1: Capola, yeah. Uh, we, um, you know, when Mark uh, Marksman and I were, you know, writing this, and you know, there's a line in the in the track that is this Capola's masterpiece. Like that's where that's where that um, track name comes from because we took ages to figure out the name for this. I think that was that was the last bit of the process was to pick a name for the track,
0: and like we thought this- that was quite special. I interviewed Marksman Lloyd a few years back, about three years ago or so. I think it was anyway. He, he released Gene Simmons. And oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so there was Gene Simmons, and it's a now great you've track. got. Yeah, killer. It's got, I don't think you realize, but he's got an Aussie Osborne sample in it. And uh, I know Aussie Osborne back to front. So when I heard that, I was like, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's definitely Aussie. That's cool. It's I thought i added to it big time. And the next song he should do is probably Aussie Osborne as opposed to uh, Gene Simmons, you know, both. <laughs> <laughs> But um, but how did how did you guys hook up? Because it's a it's a it's a great musical partnership you got going on. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we met.
1: Um, you know, it's funny. He came to my school when I was back in high school, in like year nine, and he came to my school, did a because um, Mark does some speaking as well, like um, public speaking, and mm. he came and rapped at our school, and you know, had a chat to us kids, and then. Um, I started doing this only like about a year and a half ago and like in this time last year I was messaging I just found him on Instagram I'm like I remember that dude he came to my school so I was looking for some people to work with and he yeah I just reached out to him you know took a shot and yeah he was really keen to work and it happened pretty quickly like we maybe got in the studio like the next week and then I played in like this vocal idea that I'd be coming up with and he like connected with it and then write the you know pretty much like the first verse plus like the second verse in like 10 minutes 10 to 15 minutes
0: you guys could totally do with how quickly that that partnership came about and the fruits of it via Coppola, they're there for anybody to have a listen to of course it's great Mm. but you guys could totally do like an empire of the sun type deal have you ever thought about doing that with him
1: yeah i've definitely thought about doing some more with him yeah and i'm a big empire of the sun fan actually like they're really really cool um, like, uh, they were drilled into my kind of young years of, from my parents. So, yeah, that would be really like an honour to write a track like that.
0: Sweet, yeah. Something else about the way you compose, it reminds me of French house music. I was, uh, I went through a phase, probably. it was almost a five-year phase. It was a long time. Cassius, wow. Busy P., Daft Punk, but getting right into it, uh, VHS or Beta, I know they're a US band, but it's got... It's House, but it's Disco House, if that makes sense. And disco yours house. has definitely got that that vibe. You know, so do, do you know many of those artists and have they been an influence on you at all? Yeah.
1: Um, I know, like, obviously, um, Daft Punk are massive. Like, I've definitely listened to them and um, especially, like, the track with No Rogers, because I really like Noah Rogers as well. Um, the... Um, not so much, but I'm definitely trying to get into like the bit more of like the dancey kind of scene. Like, I've been working with like a few people here in Perth who are like got kind of like a similar mindset, like, they're all moving toward that kind of um, genre. So, I'm definitely going to explore that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that'd be I mean, it's hard to know where your sweet spot is because of the, the three songs that I've heard, they're different, but they're all great. So it's, mm, like, it's you. like you could go in or like almost as many different directions, I think, as you chose. And, and I think you, you might have hit on that earlier because something that I think people don't understand is how many hours you need to dedicate to something in order to become anywhere near an expert. It's mm, just I, I'm an author these days and I'm constantly writing and then rewriting. And you think it's never a waste of time. Yeah. because you're refining the craft and you're refining the process. So it's I think it's always great when you come to a T intersection metaphorically speaking and you think left or right. It's always great to get some advice, but I only ever go to advice from people that you'd almost receive criticism from at the same time. Yeah, so exactly. I was like you know it's going to be honest feedback about things. So cuz I'll just talk about can you again? Um yeah, go ahead. So that was released earlier this year. Was that was that done through Firestarter or did you get the Firestarter no, 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 no. guys on
1: yeah, the Firestarter guys was this release. Yeah, so um, yeah. Kenny was just uh, everything else was uh, everything's been independent. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's killer, man. I mean, I um, was because that's why I thought, wow, how come I don't have this on the media player already? If it's gone through Firestarter, and you've answered that it didn't, so no worries there. So you, you you've obviously done that independently. Did you get much of a pop through that one there, like no doubt Coppola's going to get?
1: Yeah, I got. Um you know it got really well received um funnily enough because like um you know it was like quite an interesting track because it's got a bit of like a darker kind of element um to that track and you know i was not worried about um how it would be received by the people who listened to my more poppy kind of happy um happier tracks um so it was really cool to see that people actually like this one too
0: yeah yeah killer mate yeah so so a lot of my listeners to a lot of listeners to the podcast that I host scars and guitars they know that I'm a fan of the sort of music that you're producing but they themselves don't listen to a lot of that sort of music they they mainly get into the uh, the extreme metal death metal heavy metal punk rock this sort of thing so yeah can you can you can you explain your journey you know from when you first started getting into music and you went instead of say going toward heavy music or rock music, mm. music with guitars, and I know you mentioned that you had some guitars around you there, so that's that's killer. But um, you know, th- this pathway that unfolded for you toward electro music, how did that start? That started.
1: I've done classical music my whole life, and um, like I could, I was playing piano since like like you know about two years old or so, and then um, you know started getting into it more. Um, like classically and professionally, like when I was like nine or 10 and then did like oh, classical nice. guitar. And my dad was like a big, um, my dad, funny you say that, um, your listeners are like a metal kind of um, fans. Cause I've got like a bit of a metally rock background from my dad. Sweet. So um, I've got that kind of drilled into my brain, but um, always done classical music through high school and we'd have to memorize symphonies and really boring classical music. And so on the bus, I'd been listening to, like, this electronic music that I, like, found on, like, YouTube, and I was, like, getting really into it. And then, you know, I had this kind of, like, light bulb moment when I was studying at uni, something I didn't want to do. I was like, yeah, I want to do electronic music, like, for the rest of my life. Like, that's what, that's what I want to do. Yes. Like, I knew, like, that's what I want to do. So, you know, I've got such a range of a genre that I like. Especially in the electronic scene because it's so broad.
0: I love that you had a light bulb moment. You had an epiphany, as I like to call them.
1: Yeah. So
0: yeah, do you remember where you were when that happened? Um, I was, I was either
1: on like the bus coming home from like a uni class, or I was um, at home just like listening to music. I was like, yeah, I just hate what i'm doing at uni and i'm just like i just hate it and like i know like i really love this like i really love listening to it and like um i'm like yeah i want to do that
0: what were you studying
1: oh studying um digital design which is like, like app design and web design
0: yeah i did yeah. a little bit of it myself because i've just graduated uni at my age now oh congratulations just, thank you yeah yeah went went to bond and I uh, oh, yeah. I should have selected in hindsight. I loved being at Bond University; was fantastic. But I was journalism degree. My major, mm. I selected social media, and I don't know whether I'd do that again because my career pathway, instead of going into news media, I've decided to become an author. Oh yeah! So in, in March, I've got a residency at the State Library, which is starting up. I oh, congrats! But thanks, man. Yeah, it's just it's on. Yeah, that's my, my whole my whole life's done this massive professionally speaking it's on this man you know it's here and now i'm over here and i used to be an account executive for telstra oh wow um, and are you happy with the direction you're going in at the moment yeah big time I, sometimes i i'm so happy with it sometimes i get internally frustrated that i didn't make the decision when i was say your age but then hmm. make no, no you've got to. I i didn't have an epiphany or a moment like that when i was a kid i was just trying to get by you know what i mean and yeah. um you just you just sort of put your head down and take whatever the hell job you can and for me it ended up being at Telstra and it lasted about 13 years, I think it was and uh, uh, yeah it was a, it was a long enough stint anyway to, to be in a, a role like that 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 I'd tried every day, believe me, but it's not me if that makes sense.
1: Yeah exactly.
0: Um, you switch part of you switches off. it's an incredible thing that happens and you only realize it in hindsight that your creativity and a lot of your well-being evaporates. And you just yeah. sort of turn into somebody who's more obsessed about task, you know, uh, or, you know, task and objective. task. So, what's a task? This is the objective, go. And you do mm. that. And then you start drinking a lot and all of this stuff just to sort of, that becomes your outlet, to be honest with you. And I'm not alone, man. A lot of people like that. Oh, yeah,
1: 100%.
0: But I got out about three years ago and I've got a degree now, and my whole life, as I say, just, professionally speaking man i don't mind saying it's just turned around big time and that's wow because i listened to my inner beat something that it sounds like you've done as well and uh went to uni and, and had a great time you know did the social media stuff i ended up doing a lot of stuff with adobe so uh oh, yeah. you know i mean you know not the um uh, dreamweaver i think it was you know but uh but photoshop premiere pro but really yeah. but diving into it and more than just the, the YouTube stuff. Obviously, if it's a subject that I'm doing, obviously it's going to be done to a certain level of expertise. But I've got to say, men, it, all except for one subject in the social media side of it, which was the social media marketing uh, subject, which I did not like at all. It was my worst subject by far. Yeah, yeah. and I, my, the irony is, mate, my, my, the only qualification I had prior to going to uni and getting a degree was a diploma, a marketing diploma. But it's changed a oh, lot wow. in the. It, it's changed a lot in the fifteen years or so, or however long it was since I last got that, because it's all online yeah, it now. Must Even, have. fifteen years ago, it wasn't online. It was letterbox drops and all of this sort of stuff, and um, it was about an integrated marketing campaign using exist using the media in particular, like uh, broadsheet media. But um, I, I did an experiential. Um, the the exam was actually was an assessment, you know, the experiential things where you participate in basically a, a rank a hierarchy, sort of a, a thing. And uh, yeah, I just couldn't get out of the bottom third. And but shit happens, you know. I got through it, yeah, got sixty five percent for the subject, so that's the main thing. Oh, that's entry entry level credit.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's all you need,
0: right, to get through your degree. That's all you need. Yep, did that. But um, yeah, no, I'm I'm hearing you, man. A lot of that uh, web design and stuff. I think if you're um, I've got to say, just about everybody I know that does web design too, they seem to be quite manic. Does that make sense? <laughs> like they seem yeah. to be very wired and just they get very frustrated with things because they're trying to, what they've got in their head about what they're trying to design on a screen oftentimes can't happen.
1: Yeah, no, I feel that. I'm still, I'm still studying. Um, I changed my major in university. I'm now studying computer science and electronic music and sound design at uni. So I'm happy to have like those two going on at once. Um, so like the computer science brain is like constantly like trying to like figure out like little jigsaw puzzles of like code of how to fix everything, and then that transfers well with I as I with um like with music stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, especially with like the audio engineering aspects, like mixing and stuff. Wow, man, man! It sounds like once you, how much longer have you got to go then? Uh, I've got like another year and a half. So? about halfway through. Yeah,
1: about
0: halfway through. Mate, the world, the sky's the limit for you then, because of your 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 obvious talent creating electronic music, and you and and the key word here is you're putting an academic framework around it, which I, I now absolutely believe is necessary. Because for many years I didn't, I thought that you could just figure things out as you went along and become a jack of all trades. But I do think you need to mm. specialize. Because that's the way the world is heading, and there's there's too much automate. When it's like, I say I I like automation, I want it to happen, but at the same time, I want people to and like I've done is to understand that you've got to reskill, and and you've got to specialize, yeah. and I think that's that's what you're doing there. So, so you, but you, you figured it out, Thank and you. you know we talked earlier there about your um your journey there, um, as an electronic musician or an artist crafting electronic music, so. Mate, I say the sky's the limit for you, but where do you see yourself in, say, 10 Thank years' you. time doing this stuff?
1: Oh, 10 years. The goal The goal is to become, like, an internationally touring artist. Obviously, I'm subject to COVID restrictions and um, how safe that can be, but my definite goal is to try and, you know, perform as many places as I can, like, spread my music everywhere and try to make people have a good time. Like, you know, that's that's the dream. At the moment, the like dream. do
0: you do you want to get to the the Tiesto Avicii level? Is that like the dream?
1: That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm just happy to have whatever comes my way. Like I want to take it high, take it as high as I can go. That's the dream.
0: How, how do you then tap into um, government grants and all of that sort of stuff that can help you connect with people that might be able to get you there?
1: Definitely thinking about it. Um, yeah, I've actually inquired a lot about the. Um, there's a lot of grants in WA with. For the arts, which is awesome. Like, there's like two different types of grants. Like, one's for like under fifteen thousand dollars for like a project, and the other ones like um, fifteen plus. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they're actually really. Um, you know, I had a chat to the actual um, some of the offices there, and they were quite uh, helpful. That they they want to give
0: people these grants. So you got to give them a reason to give you give yep. the grants out. I found that too. Just with the the placement that I got in the uh, state library, um, with Queensland Writers Centre, it is. But they well, they want people to come on board, man. But you got to know your shit, you know. Like, and I complete. They don't want yeah. rent seekers and people who are just sort of oh, maybe. No. But if you can't clearly articulate what you're doing, and have evidence to back exactly. that up, forget about it.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah, you got to plan out exactly like right. this is the project. Like this is what I'm doing exactly when things are going to happen and then they'll go yep yeah, like they know what they're doing sure here's a mm-hmm. grant to help you like rather than oh i want to do some music and then be very broad in general that they're not going to give you anything they're not the going big help thing, you if you yeah, don't know
0: the, but it's like it's like corporations find, companies find it people who are at who are writing grants find it people have this idea that they've got this undiscovered genius or talent but they've not got any evidence to show that it actually, actually exists And so they start shitting all over these grants or companies that have got uh, bursaries, this sort of thing. And I think it's crazy because if you can't, if you're not already doing it, how are you going to do it? I mean, if you you want to learn how to do something, go to TAFE or some other secondary college of education. You know, there's plenty of this stuff around, you know, but for, for somebody to invest in you, you have to be demonstrating that you've actually got the now to make it happen as well. Because mm. as soon as the, you know, the handholding episode is finished, you know, as soon as come on board, sit down, do whatever it might be, do this. But as soon as that, that person, the lecturer, or whoever it might be, isn't around, you know, what is the thing that keeps you dry, keeps you going forward? And if you mm. haven't already proven that it's not going to happen, but you, you don't have to worry about that because this wonderful body of work you've already produced. So You know, mate. I better wrap things up, but I want to. I want to ask you one more question, and you might have hit on it already. But tonight, I thought I'm going to ask the three interview subjects that have got the same question. So here it is. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. We've been in lockdown. It's been a pandemic almost the entire year. Doesn't look like it's going to let up now that um, there's issues there in in Sydney. So yeah, that affects all of us, though. Globally not just in Australia or Perth or Gold Coast where I am. It's it's everywhere. But for you personally, how will your your life change as an individual moving forward due to the pandemic?
1: It'll make me, um, I think it'll make me kind of better as a person, like trying to do things more remotely, Um, definitely trying to um, figure things out by myself because I can't, you know, can't go anywhere. Like, I'm my own kind of um, my boss. So I think in the future, like, it'll definitely help me trying to network better via, like, I've had to get better with, like, emailing and um, contacting people and knowing exactly what to say. Um, And just to be, like, a bit more punctual with what I want rather than dance around it. I think, um, like, this, you know, COVID's kind of helped me like that. Yeah, I think that answers your question.
0: <laughs> no, it's a good answer. You said something in there that's, that's crucial, and i was touched on it myself. So when when I went for the the uh, residency, I was extremely clear about what I wanted, how they could help. And mm. it was probably the first time in my life, in all honesty, even though I've been in the sales gig for 13 years or however long it had bloody been, that yeah. I've been so clear about what I wanted from somebody, from an organisation. Because that's what they want. That's what they need. They need to know how they can help. And if you get, can't clearly express that, then figure it out. Go back to the drawing board and figure it out. But I, and as I said, man, I think the sky's the limit for you, mate. So just before I I'll let you go, tell everybody, where can they find you on socials and Bandcamp and that sort of stuff?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, Instagram, Facebook, Amazon Music, all those streaming platforms and I'm on social media at maver producing pretty much
0: hmm. you're easily found yeah. i found you very easily just before we before we got on the call so awesome Make, good to know good look good luck with everything thanks very much for the conversation what i'll do from here is i'll just if you're comfortable with everything we've spoken about i certainly am and i'll just post it i'll just put an intro and an outro on it Yeah, and of course people all over the world will have a bit of a listen into to your <laughs> uh, your conversation and then hopefully are suitably inspired to go and check out your music
1: I love it. Thank you so much for the chat. Like, this has been great. It's been really Fantastic. good chat.
0: Yeah, no No worries, man. It's a pleasure, man. You've got some great stuff, man. As I say, I mean, I don't say things I don't mean. I think uh, I think it's all going to happen for your brother. It's just, uh, you know, the old time thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, time, exactly. Um, thank you so much again. Like, it's yeah, it's been a really great time to have a chat with you. No, my yeah, pleasure. Really honored. No thank you.
0: No, thank you very much, mate. No worries. All I right, all the best with it. No, you're welcome. Thanks a right, lot. See you. Catch you. Bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for The A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was Matthew Verica, who performed under the pseudonym MAVA. Thanks for listening.